there, and welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. Today we're going to be talking about furry hate, which is unfortunately something anyone affiliated with the furry fandom is going to have to deal with. While a vast majority of the general public either doesn't know what the furry fandom is, or does know but doesn't care to have an opinion on it, there does exist a significant amount of people who do not like the furry fandom, to the point where they are actively outspoken against it. These people hate the furry fandom for a myriad of different reasons, and whether they mean it or not, it's still never fun to deal with people who dislike one of your interests so much that they make it a point to tell you about it. Thankfully, the fandom has been around for a while, and its members are rather seasoned when it comes to responding to furry haters. But if you're new, you might not know some of the strategies that are commonly used to combat most of the adversaries out there. So in this episode, we're going to talk about who these furry haters are and why they dislike the fandom so much. We'll then go over what you should do when confronted with a furry hater and some tactics you can implement to de-escalate the situation. This is a rather important topic to go over, so let's get into it. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. So what exactly is furry hate? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, hate is a rather strong word. If I'm being honest, there are actually not that many people out there who all out hate furries. And even if there is still a relatively decent amount, the numbers of those individuals is a lot less than it used to be. I guess a better title for this episode would be something along the lines of what is furry dislikeness or what is furry aversion? But I'll be honest here, furry hate is just a lot more SEO friendly than those other options. But if I'm stuck with the term I chose, furry hate can be described as the general animosity towards people who are part of the furry fandom. Those who participate in this general dislikeness are sometimes referred to as anti-furries or anti-furs or even furry critics, but I honestly don't hear this term used all that often these days. And part of the reason for that is, like I briefly mentioned before, furry hate has gotten a lot better over the past years and even decades. People used to actually hate furries and would spend a significant amount of time and effort out of their lives to work towards the downfall of the fandom. But the fandom not only still remains here today, but is continuing to grow at a pretty decent rate. So what I presumed happened is that a lot of the hardcore furry haters saw that their efforts simply weren't working and moved on to do hopefully more productive things with their lives. Coupled along with that, I think another reason why furry hate has gotten better over the years is due to the rather expansive growth of the fandom. It's starting to reach a point where you can make an argument that being a furry is becoming a more mainstream niche, as oxymoronic as that sounds. The furry fandom is one of the biggest and oldest fandoms out there, and more and more people now have a general sense of what a furry is. And even if people know what the furry fandom is, most people just don't care all that much about it, which is to be expected. Everyone has different interests, and these people acknowledge the existence of the fandom, but don't wish any ill will towards it, which is how people should treat pretty much anything, really. But with all that being said, there are still going to be some people who are more willing to show their aversion to the furry fandom than others. There's a variety of different people who have different motivations for the fall of the furry fandom, but from what I've seen and personally experienced, there are three main categories that these anti-furs fall under. 
The first of which are trolls, who mainly exist behind the safety of a computer screen and need no real introduction past that. These are people who hate things just to hate things, and aren't really looking for anything other than a reaction out of their target. Because of how prevalent the fandom is online, fairies have been and will continue to be pretty common targets for trolls to try and get at. Combine that with the large LGBTQIA population and the whole furries versus gamers thing, it's difficult to just exist as a furry online without seeing or being the recipient of some hate from trolls. Another reason why you'll find a lot of trolls is something called, or at least I like to call, the bandwagon effect, which is a phrase I shamelessly stole from someone else, so don't give me too much credit for it. The best way I can describe the bandwagon effect is it's that point in time when something relatively niche starts to become popular, popular to the point where it also becomes cool to hate on it, even if you've never had any experience with that thing or interacted with anyone who's a part of that community. The best example I can give of this is Undertale. Remember when Undertale came out? Which, for those who don't know, is an indie RPG game about a conflict between humans and monsters. Remember how it got really popular really fast, and seemingly at the same time, there was a rise of people who just hated it, saying that the game sucked and was overrated and people shouldn't play it and whatnot? That's what I've found a lot of trolls who don't like the furry fandom are like. They may not know anything about it, but they just see a large group of people hating on it for seemingly no reason, so in order to feel like they fit in somewhere, they start to hate it too. It's an odd phenomenon that, unfortunately, furries constantly have to deal with. The second group that tends to be vocal about their disdain for furries are people who simply have a misunderstanding of who furries are. Typically, this boils down to confusion surrounding members of the furry fandom and their relationship with animals. As you hopefully know by now, furries don't have relationships with animals. They just have an affinity for the idea of animals being more like humans. But a lot of people see the animal and human mix in the fandom and think we celebrate relationships between the two. The other major misconception that these people seem to have about furries is that it's all about the sex. They think being a furry is a kink or a fetish, and making love in animal costumes is all that the community does. Now, this may sound pretty ludicrous for someone properly informed about the fandom, but this is actually what these people think furries do all the time. And if that were actually the case, I'd be pretty disgusted too. And even if most people don't go that far in their misinformation about the fandom, people generally tend to hate things they don't understand. And that also means disliking anyone who is a part of a group that, from an outsider's perspective, is in fact pretty weird. Now the last category of people who typically don't like the furry fandom are a group of people where I can actually see where they're coming from. These are people who have had some kind of negative experience during their previous time in the fandom. Now in aggregate, the furry fandom is pretty great. I literally wouldn't be here speaking to you if it wasn't. But in my jaded, pessimistic view of life in general, the fandom has two fundamental flaws. It's a large group of individuals, and those individuals are humans. And for what it's worth, humans don't scale very well. The more you add to a particular concentration, the higher the risk for someone to have a bad experience. And that is particularly true for the furry fandom. Despite everyone saying how good it is, it can be hard to forgive and forget. And it's easy to see how people who previously had a bad time as a furry now smear the entire fandom with negativity. They will almost always have something against the fandom, and let's be honest here, it's for a good reason. Thankfully, experiences like that happen relatively infrequently, and most people will spend their entire time in the fandom without experiencing an incident of that magnitude. 
But unfortunately, there are enough people who have had a negative experience with members of the fandom that may direct their hatred towards you. One thing you should know about being a furry is that, at the very least, you are going to be challenged about why you are a furry in the first place. In a world filled with negativity, you are undoubtedly going to be the target of people not agreeing with your decision to join the fandom. But hopefully, you realize that the fandom is a net positive to its members, and I'm sure you want to be able to defend your position a little bit when confronted about your furry fandom membership. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll go over some strategies that you can use to respond to the furry haters. We'll be right back. Alright, we're back. So we've talked a little about why some people tend to dislike the furry fandom. And as long as the fandom is around, the haters aren't going to go away. And I know I've mentioned this earlier, but I do want to stress that it has gotten a lot better. People are a lot more open to being a furry, and most people outside of the fandom now fit into the category of people who acknowledge the fandom's existence, but don't really have an opinion on the people who are in it. But despite this, there will undoubtedly still come a time where you will basically have to defend your position of being a furry. And actually, let me back up a little bit. Defending your fandom membership is making it a lot more serious than it needs to be. Basically, all you're doing is explaining one of your hobbies. You might not understand it, and I certainly don't, but one thing I've come to realize is there's always going to be someone mad at people for doing absolutely anything. Like someone could come up with the cure for all cancers, and the medicine that they create eradicates the chance of anyone getting cancer in the future. When that breakthrough is presented to the public, there would definitely be someone who would dislike the doctor or researcher who comes up with that cure for whatever random reason they may have. But we're not talking about something of that magnitude, we're just talking about furries here. And I think it's important to remember that yes, us furries are pretty weird. It's not normal to be interested in animals acting like humans, and we are definitely a rather interesting group of individuals. But trust me, life is a lot more interesting being a little weird than being normal. With this in mind then, let's now go over some strategies to more or less respond to some of the haters that you may encounter. And I want to start off by saying that while it's fine to explain why you're a furry, you don't want to go too overboard. We don't want furry rights or anything like that. In fact, even describing it in that way kind of diminishes the efforts that actual minority groups have been fighting to achieve. Along with this, the goal of defending yourself should also not be to get everyone to like you. That's a game you can't win. There will always be people that just won't care for you, just like there's probably a list of people that you don't care for either. The goal of this episode is to get people to stop harassing you for being a furry and really nothing beyond that. But let's get started talking about those strategies to defend yourself against these groups of people, beginning with the first of the three main categories that I described earlier, the trolls. While this may be the group of furry haters that you come across the most, they are, in more ways than not, the easiest to deal with. Most trolls aren't really doing it for the downfall of the fandom as a whole. They're just looking to get a reaction from the individual member they may be targeting. They are also pretty easy to spot. If someone randomly messages you out of the blue saying something negative about furries or you being one, that's most likely a troll trying to get a rouse out of you, which ends up making your job pretty easy. Just don't give them that reaction. Simply blocking them or reporting them if they're being extra harassing is all you need to do. It takes a couple of seconds at maximum to do and then you can move on with your life. 
This is especially effective because what they're looking for is for you to get upset and overly defend your position. Because if you do, you've successfully given them your attention, which is all that they want at the end of the day. And trust me, it's not worth trying to sway their opinion about furries. Trolls are pretty much a lost cause. Nothing you say is going to sway them from their position. So when you do encounter trolls, it's a quick block and report, and it's like it never even happened. Now the second group of people, those who have a fundamental misunderstanding of the fandom, are a little more tricky to navigate. Any distastefulness they may direct your way may not be as blatant as trolls, as anything negative they may say about furries usually shows up in a normal conversation. If this is the case, you have an opportunity to correct their misunderstandings and explain who furries are and what they really do, all in an effort to correct their otherwise flawed view of the fandom. But it's important to remember here that your goal is to explain, not convince. I guess you could technically say that you want to convince them that furries aren't bad people, but if they still think that what we do is weird after explaining it, so be it. Just keep a level head and explain in a real matter-of-fact way what the fandom is and isn't. You can focus on the good parts, but if they bring up something that furries do that is accurate but still rather distasteful to them, then yeah, simply acknowledge that whatever they're describing does happen. In fact, personally, I wouldn't even throw the not-all-furries line in your conversation. People would generally appreciate your honesty about this kind of stuff a lot more. And you'd be surprised at how effective this is. A lot of people actually end up joining the furry fandom after thinking it's too weird to ever be a part of. And even if they don't end up joining, after you're done explaining it to them, they should have a lot more accurate view of the fandom that should lead to a decrease of their level of disdain towards something they previously didn't understand. And even if they still find it too weird to be around, that's completely fine and on them. You've done your job at that point. But we're still missing one group of people that we previously mentioned tend to dislike the furry fandom, and those are the people who have previously had some bad experiences during their time in the fandom. This is tough because, for the most part, these people actually have a good idea of what the fandom actually is, and it's hard to navigate someone back to a place that previously hurt them in some way. With this in mind, it's really important to remember that your goal is to not convince them to come back to the fandom, just to get them to stop hating you personally for being a part of it. You shouldn't take any responsibility for the wrongdoings of others, and it's best to just describe the good experiences that you've had while being in the fandom and explain why you haven't felt the need to leave. These people don't come up all too often because, thankfully, really bad experiences happen in the fandom relatively infrequently. And along with that, most people who've gone through some of those situations know that it was a particular group or individual that did them wrong not the fandom itself. Just keeping an empathetic attitude with these people will go a long way, and they should recognize that you personally had nothing to do with their decision to leave the fandom. And I guess that goes back to basically the overarching theme here. I've spent the last nine weeks talking about the furry fandom in a way that shows how awesome the fandom really is. And no, it's not perfect, far from it, but it's still a net positive community to be in. And furries aren't going anywhere, meaning no amount of hatred or negativity towards the fandom is going to stop it from existing. So keep that in mind when you're going up against haters of the furry fandom. They might get you down, but it's important to take care of yourself and surround yourself with positive people that don't have a problem with one of the hobbies that you engage in, which is part of the reason why people join the fandom in the first place. Keep a level head and a positive attitude when it comes up, and you should have no problem responding to furry hate.
All right, that's it for this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. And before I move on with the usual call to actions, I just want to take some time to acknowledge that this is the 10th episode of this show, which is pretty significant. Most industry experts will tell you that a majority of podcasts die out by their seventh episode due to the person behind the show getting bored or giving up on it because it's not growing. But this show has beaten both of those odds. This is the 10th straight week of releasing an episode, and the audience of the show has grown every single week from the beginning. And that means a couple of things. First and foremost, it means I owe you my sincerest thanks. I could have easily gone and been just another furry YouTuber or Twitch streamer, but I wanted to fill a niche in the fandom that I wasn't completely sure was there, but wanted to find out anyway. And the fact that the download stats for this show have continued to grow upwards mean that there's something here. There's a market for furry-based podcasts, and despite my personal belief, my voice doesn't suck that much. And what that also means for me is that this is no longer just a side project. This is now a hobby that deserves more time and effort put into it, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I've got some new audio hardware on the way so I can sound better in my closet. And yes, I do record every episode in my college dorm closet. I got plans for an increased presence on social media, TikTok anyone? And part of the reason why the past two episodes have been on the shorter side is that for the last two weeks, I've been experimenting with different ways of increasing the production quality of this show. And I wanted all that to be ready by episode 11. One thing you should know about me personally is that I'm very competitive. And you know what? I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I want to have the best furry podcast out there. But there's definitely a lot of work to be done before we get there. And I want to thank you for coming along for the ride with me. But with all that being said, some things aren't changing. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation about furry hate or have any other feedback for the show, make sure to find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Finn the Panther, and the link to my Twitter is down in the show notes, along with any of the other links I use when researching this episode. If you like the show and want to support it, the best thing you can do is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also tell people about the show, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did that as well. Thank you in advance for doing so, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Furry Explain. But until then, stay wild out there. Peace. And no, I wasn't kidding. I'm actually currently in my closet recording this. You may laugh, but this closet has the best soundproofing of any of the rooms in my dorm. The clothes and jackets in here act as a natural acoustic treatment, so my background noise rejection is crisp and there's no echo, which combined with a dynamic microphone makes it sound pretty good in here. There are two problems, though. One is there's little air circulation, so it's actually pretty hot in here. And two, I can't fit a chair in here either, so my back just becomes out of commission for a little bit after I'm done with the recording session. But it's nothing a little yoga can't fix. But I do this because I love you, dear listener. And if you're going to spend some time out of your day with me, you deserve me at my best. So again, thank you for coming along with this ride with me, and I'll catch you next week. Bye.